Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, What is Culture? I'm your host, Rocco Longarello, and this is episode number two of season five. So I was off last week for a pseudo vacation, and I got to spend some quality time with my family while also celebrating my 40th birthday. Yes, I am 40 years old. And wouldn't you know, during my week off, that first Saturday, actually, I came down with a terrible migraine with a quote migraine hangover that lasted several days. I mean, I was down for the count. And I wouldn't say I'm even prone to migraines. I've maybe gotten two or three my whole life, but I'm sure stress was a factor here. And so after my self-pity party, it was an opportunity to take a step back and, and assess my stress management, which lately has not been so great. But I'm working my way back up, you know, small steps here and there. And I know I'm not alone. I know that so many of us are having a tough time with just everything going on around the world. And, you know, lately it seems like everything is a test of our endurance, our mental strength, our resilience. And speaking of resilience, in case you've forgotten, resilience is a key topic throughout season five. And this week, I share my conversation with the very inspiring Jennifer O'Hagan, who is Tango's Director of Service Excellence, and she's been with us for more than 17 years. That's a long time. In this candid episode, Jen and I discuss many areas, including the true goal of our Service Excellence team and how to nurture a positive workplace culture during a pandemic, and also how her colleagues became her virtual support system as she experienced a very significant loss as a result of COVID-19. This is a very important discussion, and I'm very honored to share it with you all today. Okay, let's get to it. Here is my conversation with the very great and very resilient Jen O'Hagan. Let's all learn from her. So when people first try to ask me, you know, what is Tango or what do you do? I always kind of preface it with a joke of, if you've ever watched Friends, the girls lose the apartment to the guys over the question, what does Chandler Bing do for a living? I am Chandler Bing. I I feel like what we do is a very, it's a niche industry, right? So I love what I do. And those who I've been, you know, working with for years, we, we get each other, but the rest of the world doesn't always completely understand what we do. And I would say in service excellence, I, I think it's known that our role here is to support our customers, right? Manage to the contracts, own the customer relationships. I I feel like in service excellence, we really are the face of the customer to Tango. And it's our job to make sure that the entire service offering and, and whether it's multiple services, you know, on a fixed contract or it's fixed and mobile or now fixed mobile and cloud as we're seeing those deals come through, it's making sure that all of Tango pulls together to deliver the services to the customer. And it's not always easy, right? It's We don't live in a perfect world. I think one of the, the things I've told customers as well as, you know, my fellow Roos, if this industry was perfect and the carriers did everything they're supposed to do, we wouldn't have a job. Like our industry wouldn't exist, right? We exist because we expect that the carriers are going to implement the contracts wrong. You know, that the customers can't manage their spend the way we can. And so... A lot of what we do in service excellence is is really pulling everything together. 
and kind of holding down the line and holding down the fort and making sure that all of Tango, whether it's customer facing or, you know, behind the scenes Tangaroos, that we're all working together for the good of the customers and for the good of ourselves. Yeah, and it's true. You and your team are the face of Tango to the customer. I mean, that when they think of you, Jen is synonymous with Tango. So their experience with you is their experience with Tango, obviously, which yeah. is interesting. And I, I, I like that reminder. And so do you manage a team? I do. Um, I have a team of service delivery analysts and service delivery managers who report in through my senior manager team. And then my senior managers report in through me. So I, I have a broad range of customers um, and a broad range of team members that I, I have the pleasure of working with every day. It's it's a very cool team environment that we have here, and it's one of the things I love about it. So you said, yeah, you're talking about one of the things you love about it. I would mm-hmm. think if you've been at a company 17 plus years, <laughs> that's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. And 17 years you must love it. I mean, what what are some of the main reasons why you've continued to stay at Tango? The the people. And I know I've heard this numerous times just on your podcast alone, Rocco, not not, you know, along with just mm-hmm. in my everyday life. I, the culture of the people, at least, you know, coming from where I've come from, we are a family. Believe it or not, we spend as much time together as we do with our families. We're in an industry that, I mean, my mother still says to people, what does Jen do for a living? Oh, well, you know, like she pays telephone bills and such. And there's days where I'm thinking, gosh, mom, if that's what I did, that would, my life would be so much easier, right? But I I think there's this connection that you, you build with people. And I've been in a position where I've seen, you know, numerous customers come and go, numerous ruse come and go and come back. And One of the things that has stuck with me, um, whether it came from customer contacts who came to Tango and started working for Tango, or my fellow Roos who have left Tango, um, there's different opinions on, as a company, you you know what we've gone through, right? We went from small companies, we became conglomerates, we all came together, we went public, we went private, we didn't have necessarily the most beautiful history ever, but there was a rock-solid strength of people supporting people here at Tango. And especially when you have a lot of interface with a lot of external customers, I think that has given me and and my peers in service delivery a lot of visibility into the behind the scenes of company culture because you, you get comfortable with customers, you build relationships, and you hear and see things that are going on at some of these other companies. And it, it helps put into perspective that no company's perfect. And I first to admit Tango's not perfect. None of us are. We're not perfect as, as individuals and no company is perfect. But when you have that level of visibility as I have over 17 years into so many different industries and so many different customers and so many different name brand customers, and you have the ability to see kind of a bird's eye view into what goes on there mm-hmm. and then you sit back and look at your fellow, you know, your fellow team members and like the stories. It, it's it's like friendships and family stories that I, I have my own set for Tango. And when, you know, something hits the fan and you're in a bind with a customer watching my experiences, no matter who I reach out to, 
we come together and we get it done. And I've seen us overcome things that we, I still shake my head and say, I don't know how we did that, but we pulled it off. And to me, that means a lot because I'm a people person, as I'm sure you can tell by the fact that I talk so much, Rocco. But I'm a people person and I believe in those relationships. And those relationships have saved my back, have saved customers. I, I've seen us, I've seen us come together and do so much. And I've seen so many industries where it's just a cutthroat. You don't truly have each other's backs. And I was never ready to jump ship and take that risk, I think, is kind of where I come from, if that makes sense. It does. And I, I guess, and I'm curious to ask you this, and I've asked a lot of people, you know, we've been working from home since March 13th, which is almost four months. So do you think that the effect on our culture has been positive or negative? And I guess really what I'm asking is, do you think it's possible to maintain a positive workplace culture when nearly every employee is working from home. It's a totally different dynamic, no? Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. And um, I will be the first to admit that um, I struggled. I, I was actually on site in our New York City Center on March 12th with a customer for a face-to-face -face meeting when uh, we held the town hall and the announcement came through that um, we were being sent home. And I can't say completely unexpected, right? We had seen the trend starting, um, but I will say that ride home from New York City for me, it was a tough one. It, it was hard for me to come to terms with, you know, Tango's a, a very good company about, hey, you need to catch up on something, you just work from home. You know, I've, I've had the ability to work from home when I needed to. But I personally will admit I struggled very much with Tango telling me I can't go. I, I felt like the three-year-old, you know, mom says don't move a muscle and all of a sudden everything's ready. You know, you can't stand still. Um, I personally experienced that. Um, I was in New York City actually with two of our permanent remote ruse, uh, Denise and Brandon from our Rivermine uh, solutioning team. And I remember hugging them goodbye and saying, we're going to have to catch up because I'm now in your boat. And I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. And you know what we have. And that's, I think, again, one of the cool things about the ruse is I've been able to have three or four meetings with Denise and Brandon since I've been home, where we start out purely Rivermind. We've got customers. We're migrating one of our largest over there, and they're doing an amazing job helping us through. But then it turned into, so Jen, how are you holding up at home? I've also had ruse. I I'm struggling a bit, too, with my husband and I both working from home. Um, he he and I, I both kind of did off the record once in a while before, but never together. It was always like, who's staying home today because the water heater broke, right? Um, you know, I've struggled a bit with that personally. But I've also found that you can still maintain a culture. It's just, for me, I didn't have to think too much before because I was in an office. So you walk down the halls and you're bound to stop and I mean you don't know how many times I was late to meetings in a conference room because mm -hmm. I stopped three or four times running into people but that inherent how it just intrinsically happens in an office isn't going to happen when I'm sitting home with my dogs right I, right. I I've started talking to them a lot more which is scary I will let my fellow ruse know the day they start answering me but I think some of that inherent culture 
that I've always experienced for me at first was a little difficult. Um, but again, I, I believe in the power of the Tango family. So I listened to Tara Rodriguez in our first town hall. Love Tara, worked with her for years, right? She gave great tips and tricks for how to stop, walk away, you know, um, drink water, right? Like I listened to Tara, I took it to heart. I was proud of Tango for offering that to all of us who were trying to find our way uh, remotely, you can say. And, you know, I, I didn't necessarily develop a rhythm right away. I fully admit I struggled quite a bit with the whole, I'm not shutting down to drive home <laughs> or, well, I don't have to drive to the office. Um, for me, it, it took, probably a good 30 days, Rocco, to be fair, to figure out my new normal. But what I found for me was where the in inherent, it just naturally happens connections from the office fell away with me being from home. I had to be more proactive in maintaining that culture. I didn't have to in the office. It just happened. Now I'm more proactive. I, you know, use Teams regularly. I'm on Teams all the time. I have my team meetings. I have my one-on-ones. I have customer meetings. I have internal prep meetings. And I just find that I, I make it a point to make those more personal. Meaning, don't just get to the what you need to do, right? Very important. We hit our tasks. We hit our milestones for each meeting. But make it a point to just check in on people, to touch base, to, to try to maintain that semblance of normalcy. So another example is, you know, in the office, um, Chris Banowitz and I, we would always catch each other. We've made it a point now. We have like ping each other, grab our cell phones, walk away from our computer and pretend we're walking around the office. You, you know, like you, you have mm. to, you have to make those things happen. I also was able to meet with some team members in the parking lot this month of our Tango office. We took a lunch and we sat in the back of our trucks and we social distanced, but just you have to, I feel like for me, I've had to be more proactive than I did when I was in the office. Although I was part of the culture committee and, you know, part of um, hold, hosting activities and, and creating that culture. I, I just feel like for me, it's been more of a, I had to think about it more mm -hmm. than I ever did before. Right. Because it's easy to almost forget about the importance of it. Because if you did, and I, I for you, you saying you struggled, it took you about 30 days to adjust. <laughs> we're, we're like 100 days in, and I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not adjusted. I'm not. I, I'm kind of just living through it, but I don't feel like I do or have found a rhythm. And I'm kind of okay with that. I, you know, beyond reaching out to, to people that I'm close with at work, and having conversations, you know, when you said you guys did a meetup in the parking lot for lunch and just sat and kind of tailgated like that, that's such a smart and easy idea that I never, ever would have thought to do. And some people may, might be like, well, that's a little bit dangerous and, you know, we should maintain social distancing. And I'm sure the facilities managers would maybe want to be aware of that if, if it were something that we did want to plan. But I like that spur of the moment meetup. And I, that's why, you know, we did season four of this podcast was really 
focused on the COVID-19 and the effect that it's, it has had. And I wanted to do that because I really believed everyone listening to the guests and to you now today, they're going to take away something from that that's going to help them get through this this kind of this challenging time right now. But um, we need a push because it's easy to just do our work and only email people when we need to because no one's coming by our desk anymore. And I I don't know. I Again, I just think it's important and I'm happy and I, I'm pretty confident that someone listening is going to need to hear what you said. And that's why this is so important to keep doing this. So <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you for that. I don't know. I just, it's like that reminder of, you know, what I, oh, did you hear Jen? Like she had a good idea. Like that kind of is missing because we're all home. Like no one's just in a, in a space talking anymore. And um, I miss that. And so maybe this is kind of a, a little bit of a replacement to that, hopefully. No, and I, I agree with you, Rocco. I miss it too. Believe me. Um, but I do believe that I have, I've always, you could talk to my team. I, I've got a lot of remote ruse. I've always had a, a level of respect for the work from home ruse. I truly have, but it's hit home uh, for me now, right? As I'm sure for you and for all of us, it, you gain a very different perspective when you're in a work from home environment for a long period of time. And like you said, we're, I don't even want to know what day you said we're in. We're in the three digits. But think of we've got quite a bit of time in front of us still, Rocco. I know. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, that's. <laughs> that's another that's, two months at least. Yeah. At least. Right. So, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> what I was thinking is and it goes exactly with what you're saying and just leaning on each other as employees and as friends, I think one of the main reasons why we've done so well collectively as a company to, um, you know, adjust to this a situation is because such a huge population of our company, I believe four to 500 employees before all this stuff happened, were remote employees. And I would assume, and I, I really believe that many, many employees who were not comfortable with this, who weren't familiar with working from home, they probably, like you, leaned on remote, full-time remote people for advice and help. And I, I bet that's kind of snowballed. And I really feel like that's probably one of the reasons why we've adjusted the way we have to this situation, because we had like coaches all throughout the company to help us. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, mm -hmm. My experience, Rocco, that's exactly what I did, right? I I gathered all the information I could. I, I absorbed everything I could. And boy, did I did I lean on our remote routine to help me through it, right? To remind me, Jen, stop. I mean, poor Amy Densmore, right? You know, my West Coast version. I've relied on her heavily in the beginning to help me <laughs> figure this out. I'm sure she was tired of texts from Jen at some point, right? And tired of phone calls. I, I feel like I'm doing more with phone calls, Rocco. And as you saw last week, even Teams video sharing, because I just feel like it gives that more personal touch. And I want, you know, all of my fellow Roos, whether I saw them in Parsippany every day through March or whether they were 
remote before March or but I want them to know that like I'm still here. I'm still Jen. You can still see me. You can still talk to me. I I want that. I crave that. I, I need that, you know, so I try to make sure that I'm cognizant of it now much more than I might have been before. And what I do hope is when we all kind of go back to normal or to our offices or, you know, whatever is to come, I, I hope that we all kind of take this with us and keep keep don't lose sight of it and and kind of use it to further build ourselves if that makes sense Rocco it does and the episode that with Jason Carante that went out this week you know he says something like that that really stuck with me about just the the effect that this situation has had on people it's kind of given us more of an opportunity to pause and learn more about each other on a personal level and kind of just become softer and more vulnerable and more willing to share. And it's, it's great. It's a great thing. And I agree with you. I hope we don't kind of lose sight of that and lose sight of how important that is to kind of maintain that connection on a personal level with everyone. instead of getting back to like, you know, business as usual. Right. The water cooler talk in each office, right? It's mm-hmm. it's the broader perspective of not everybody will be in Shelton with you or Parsippany with me. And let's not lose sight of that. Let's remember what it was like to have to push ourselves harder and, and force some of that. And let's kind of maintain that when we go back. That That's what I hope for myself, at least. Yeah. I, I want to change gears a little bit. And I, I reached out to you to be a guest because I just had the feeling that you were a resilient person. You came recommended to me as well by more than one person. And speaking to you today, after knowing, you know, and this is this is kind of tough. I know we spoke a few days ago and you shared a significant loss that you experienced Um as a result of COVID-19 and I just I was wondering I was hoping that you would share that with our listeners because it it, it could be inspiring to someone out there someone may almost need to hear it and I know it might be hard but I was just hoping that you could kind of share that experience with us today yeah so not to bring down our Rue family at all but um you know, COVID has impacted me personally, I'd, I'd say more so than professionally. Um, in April, I did lose my father to COVID-19. And, you know, the only way you can describe it, Rocco, is surreal. I know we're not, I'm not alone. I'm not the only Rue or the only American or the only global, you know, citizen who's been impacted by this. But I you know, up up until my father was diagnosed and we lost him, I watched the news every day like everyone else. And, you know, you, you see things and you hear them and but to to truly experience them. Surreal is the only way I can describe it, I think. You know, it changed me. I will say all experiences change us a little bit. Um, I, I definitely I'm definitely changed by the experience. Uh, it in small ways in that, you know, after losing my father, I officially couldn't watch this, the news anymore. Just couldn't watch those statistics. Every day there were statistics on the news. And once your family becomes a number on the news, I personally struggled with, 
I couldn't watch the news um, any longer. But I also saw, I also had positive experiences come from that in the sense of, again, the human connection. Um, you know, losing a parent is difficult. It's not easy. It, it's probably even less easy when you're dealing with a pandemic and you're dealing with just a, a world that's in a state of, can't even explain it, right? But Chaos. Yeah, for lack of a better word, that's a good word. It's, But what the experience taught me, it's just the human connections. And, you know, the number of ruse who supported me, um, who reached out. It's so many different ways, right? Um, had food delivered, had baskets delivered, had my favorite drinks delivered, you know who you are. Um, but <laughs> it, it's, you know, my father passed away on Sunday, April 26th. And it was knowing when things started to to get really bad toward the end of the week prior, it was knowing that I could reach out to Amy Densmore and say, something may go down and I just need you to back me up. And she was on, like, no problem. Whatever you need, Jen, you got it. It was just the virtual hugs being sent, you know, leading up to it. And the the ability to text Amy on a Sunday night and just say, I'm out tomorrow, you know, and she just took care of everything for me. Mm-hmm. It's having, you know, I wasn't even ready to talk to anybody, but it was, you know, my team hearing. And, you know, I had one of my my managers just took that Monday off and drove to my house and beeped at me from my driveway and just let me know they were there for me. You know, it was phone calls and Teams messages when I came, you know, back online and and not just like once and done, but it's the people who kept checking up on me, you know, it the the people who, you know, one week, two week in, how, how are you doing, Jen? You know, just want to make sure you're good. And I, you know, the way how Tango rallied the way they did in like a chaotic pandemic situation, it it just goes back to this company cares. You know, there's how else do you explain it? You know, the the company cares and the company doesn't care if we're not together in the office and we can't, you know, go have a drink together. The company still takes care of each other and truly cares about you as a human being, if that makes sense, Rocco. And those things mean a whole lot when you're going through a life changing event and you're going through it in a unique situation that, you know, you, we didn't get to have a funeral from my dad. We didn't, I didn't get to, to, we didn't get to go do the color guard and the Navy and the, and the ceremonies. It, it was very low key and very laid back as, as many families dealt with. Right. So not having that semblance of normalcy, I guess, for lack of a better word, the sense of finality, the sense of closure, just all of those things that you miss out on in the experience we were having, just knowing that Tango like was there for me, you know, from from people who you speak to almost every day to, to people who you only interact with at Tango, you know, here and there for very specific reasons. Just everybody being behind you was just... It's just amazing. I, I don't, you know, it's hard to even put into words, which is 
uncanny in itself that Jen's speechless. Someone better mark the date and time. But um, it meant a lot. It still does. Yeah, and it means a lot to hear that. And it makes me proud to know that a lot of people took care of you through that time because that is such a, a such an incredible loss. And if that were to happen on a, you know, a re- regular year, like 2020 has been, you know, a debacle, but just losing a parent or losing a loved one at any time is really crushing and difficult and you need people to lean on. And for you to have to endure it during some, you know, twilight zone, surreal, like not really even having proper closure, it's just, it's an incredibly difficult experience. And I'm so sorry, Jen, that you had to live through that. I, I mean, it's it's awful. But, and I'm sure you would agree, like to, to have your kind of your second family of people here, when those people show up, it's like, these people really care. And it, it's funny because you know, when someone you know has someone who passed away, you might feel, well, I feel a little weird or awkward to send her a message or those like they're just they're blocks. You know, you're adding to a block and those together is what's going to create something that's really going to help protect you from going down to the <laughs> the dark side. I mean, it's it's so fantastic to hear that people showed up for you like that i mean i can't i can't say it enough and i appreciate you talking about this and it can't be easy but i think we forget in the world that you know it's easy to become kind of self-involved that people have lost loved ones like life has been lost and not to bring it bring uh, everyone down or whatever but i mean this is real and i i i think it's important for people to re- to remember that. And it's not just the statistic that you hear on the news. It could be somebody's father or mother or, and um, yeah, I, I don't know, Jenna. I, I know. <laughs> I like, why can't you just, I need to give you a hug or something. I, this is, <laughs> this is awful, but. Um, virtual hugs, Rocco. They're all yeah. over. Teams has the virtual hug picture. My gosh. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't know. I I know. I know. I'm sorry. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this because I think it's, you know, I don't know how many people listening maybe have experienced something very similar to you, Jen. I don't know. And that's the kind of thing that people don't necessarily share. And I, I just think, um, your resilience is a little, is going to be, um, it's going to inspire someone. And I, that's, kind of the reason why I wanted to to hear about it but I again it's I'm very sorry and I wish you didn't have to go through that no I appreciate it and yeah the goal is not to bring anyone down right but to hope that anyone out there who has had to face the reality right of life and death during this scenario because it's look at the numbers they are staggering right so I'm not the only family sitting here going through this but it's it's a reality and it's life. And um, I do hope if someone, someone else out there is, has had a personal experience with this, that this helps them themselves, right? You just have to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and move mm-hmm. forward. And that's what my dad would want me to do. And so that's what I will do. And when things get back to normal, 
we'll do what we can to honor him. Um, but for now, I'm doing what my dad would want, which is, you know, give everything I'm doing 100 percent and just keep moving forward. It's it's what he would want and it's what I'm choosing to do. But, you know, as you know, Sunday was Father's Day and that was a tough day for me. You know, you, you're still going to experience those things, but you have to you have to move forward and you have to look to the future. And, you know, I've got great memories and I have, you know, 29 years because I'm 29 forever, Rocco, 29 100%. wonderful years. I had those with my dad and, you know, COVID doesn't doesn't take away all of that. Um, and so I, I have that to carry me forward, just as all the families who've experienced this situation have to move forward with. So, mm-hmm. so there is, there is light at the end, Rocco. There yeah. Is. Well, and it, it's interesting because, you know, the focus of season five for this show is resilience. And I've been reading some stuff on it and it seems that a lot of people kind of, or a lot of thought leaders have come out to, you know, maybe not necessarily say it or directly imply it or, but that being resilient is kind of an independent endeavor that it's something that you need to pick yourself up. You need to overcome. You need this. And it's all like an individualistic, independent thing. But <laughs> it, it isn't. It, I think it's all about leaning on others who have have had to endure similar experiences. Because I don't think you're born resilient. I think you become that way from listening to and, and having the support of resilient people and you know the only way to really come out of all this or anything that happens to us and for you to have to deal with the loss of your father i mean you have to be resilient you have to because the alternative is is what just kind of it's it's not pretty it's very not pretty (laughs) no you're right but i'm i'm with you you know it it takes a team I truly believe that. And you can look at team however you want, but a support system is critical in any situation. But for me, the the tango support system specifically, we'll, we'll focus on my the tango portion for this, but the support system from tango, it there's no words to describe it. On Sitting here alone, not going into the office, not being with people and losing my father. The, the Tango virtual support system, because that's what I'm going to call it right now. Yeah, that's right. Those are the people who help you help yourself. Yes, only I could avoid going to the very dark place, right? I, you know, I, I own <laughs> my own decisions and I own myself, but it's the Amy Densmores of the world who knew I needed to laugh right? It's the people who truly know who you are, who, you know, send me the inside jokes that still have me giggling 9 p.m. on a Tuesday night um, and helping me forget for a moment what you're going through that just help remind you that there's light. It's the people around you who remind you that they care, that they're there for you, that even though you may have lost a loved one, you still have a bunch of people who really care and who were standing there with you virtually when they can't physically and who support you and want what's best for you and want to help you move forward and help you be you. And to me, how can someone be resilient without having
having that support, right? Like how how can I get through that without having people help me help myself and know what I needed, whether it was the bottle of bourbon or it was the stuffed koala bear or it was, you know, the inside joke that had me laughing all hours of the night. Like it's those people who help you push yourself through the dark to get to the light. So that's the show. And I know, a tough episode. But thank you so much, Jen, for having the courage to tell your story. And it really broke my heart to learn about your father's passing. But I think he would be proud of you. To hear you spreading a message of hope, of appreciation, and of resilience, reminding us all about the power of a support system during a time of grief. I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. And I also cannot overstate how proud I am of all the Tangaroos who were there for you when it mattered most. I mean, that's everything. As of today, over 12 million people in the world have confirmed cases of the coronavirus and nearly 600,000 lives have been lost as a result. In the United States alone, more than 3 million people have been infected as the virus continues to spread. So it's not over. Let's all continue to do what we can to help prevent the spread. And also, let's take a moment to truly acknowledge all of the life lost. And if Jen's story fed or inspired you in some way, consider sending a message to her and letting her know why. And also, if you have your own story to share about overcoming a personal or professional challenge, please reach out to me. I would love to discuss your story of resilience. That is all. Thank you for listening. Thank you again, Jen. Until next time.